Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Burgundy Network podcast. It is good to be back. Kind of. We have a lot of uh, stuff to talk about, both good and bad. More bad than good, wouldn't you say, Brian? Yeah, yeah. More bad than good, for sure. Unfortunately, it seems like it's always like that. But uh, here we are once again. Yeah, it's it's funny because in the offseason, we're like, I can't wait till football starts because then we can finally talk about football. And here we are once again. But guys, like I said, this is the Burgundy Network Podcast. I'm your host, Josh Taylor, joined by Brian Murphy in Atlanta, Georgia. Appreciate always having him on. And this is a Believe Podcast Network. And part of the Believe Podcast Network, we are presented by Bet Online, which I always enjoy because even though Washington's losing, I have something to watch for with all these bets going on around the league. And last week, there was a ton of bets that missed solely because of all the kicks that were missed. Mason Crosby missed like five field goals in one game. That's unheard of. He's one of like the most sure kickers in the league, too. Like He's a big-name kicker. Uh, but, guys, Bet Online is the number one source for all of your betting needs this season with a new updated website and more odds and props and contests going on. It is never too late to sign up on Bet Online. So head over to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus to get in on all the action like we talked about. There's some interesting lines with the Kansas City matchup that we're going to talk about. But don't forget to use the promo code BELIEVE, that is B-L-E-A-V, to sign up and get that bonus. Bet online, your online sports experts. And Brian, speaking of experts, we're not like coordinators or head coaches or... I wouldn't call us experts by any stretch, correct? Mm, yeah, I w- I'd like to think so sometimes, but no, we're not We're not experts, no. But I'd say it doesn't take a genius to know that this Washington defense is so bad. It is, in a lot of categories, second worst in the league. We'll talk about who might be first in the league right now. The Chiefs are not looking too hot in Kansas City. But this defense... Let's just talk about the woes against the Saints because there's not too much to say about that game. It was extremely disappointing on many sides of the ball. Like I said, there's very few highlights to even get from that game. But we have to talk about the woes on the secondary. And the one quote that really, I wouldn't say upset me, but kind of rubbed me wrong this week was Ron saying that out of the defense, he didn't think it was a bad game. It was two bad plays. He said 54 plays, the defense played well. They showed up, but those other two were just plays you can't have happen. Do you agree with that quote by Ron? Or are you kind of like, uh, it's still not good enough? No, I, I mean, it's like a it's like a car accident. I mean, you can go on a drive 55 times, but if the 56th and 57th are accidents, that's not, that's not good. You know, I mean, that's not a good thing. And two huge bombs down the field are about as bad as you can get in the NFL. Uh, guys running wide open on a Hail Mary, guys running wide open uh, right down the middle of the field. Uh, so, no, that's a, that's a bad way to look at it. I get what he's trying to say, that the defense played a little bit better and maybe he's trying to motivate his guys, but it does it sounds silly because uh, those two plays probably cost you the game, especially when you lose by 11 points. 
take two touchdowns away and, and you're winning that game, right? So the, 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 it's not it's not that simple to say that two plays were the difference because they scored, what, five, six touchdowns, or at least it felt that way. I don't know if it was actually that many. But, uh, no, that, that's, that's not a good way to look at it, and that is frustrating to hear. And you look at it, like you said, there's a 72-yard touchdown to uh, Deontay Harris, which, first off, once again, why is Landon Collins playing a free safety, single high safety role in any kind of defense in the NFL, let alone with Deontay Harris, who's like their speed guy, who's probably 200 pounds soaking wet. Complete mismatch on that uh, busted coverage, 72-yard touchdown. And then, like you said, with the 49-yard Hail Mary, where the Washington defense, the defense just played uh, jump if you're not a bum, and literally everybody just sat there like, oh, it's a Hail Mary. And speaking of quotes, another one that I think Landon Collins said is that we weren't expecting it. Like we were yeah. expecting them to throw like a little uh, 10 yard route to like get in cl- closer into field goal range with eight seconds left. I said, I saw, you... go ahead. I saw another one. I think it was William Jackson said regular teams or, or it's something like teams regularly don't do that. Normally they'll look for a quick out to get into field goal range. I'm like, so you just don't prepare for other scenarios. You think they're just going to do what you want them to do. I mean, it's just such, such a bad attitude towards things. And it just makes me think that it's not going to get better any sooner. I hate to be like a Debbie downer, like five weeks into the season, but how do you think this is going to possibly get better when they keep making the same mistakes that we've seen since week one? Yeah. And you know, I love next gen stats. I love putting out their charts on Twitter. And did you know that completion that Hail Mary had a 9.9% chance of completion, the most improbable completion so far this season. It had 57.2 air yards and had a target separation of 0.5 yards. So half half of yard of separation between the wide receiver that caught it and the DB, obviously because everyone's in the end zone, like waiting for it. But my thing is like, if you weren't expecting that, like at what point are you saying like, oh, okay. Like, was it the... 57.2 yards that the ball was in the air for. Right. Like, how do you not know, like, to, to recover at least? And, like, everyone was there. It's not like they were, like, wide open in the end zone. Like, people were there. Like, that excuse of we weren't expecting it has nothing to do with basic defense IQ of jump. Right. Instead, it- Landon Collins pushes Kendall Fuller, like, out of the way. And Cam Curl is, like, not even in the end zone yet. He's just – he's walking behind his wide receiver, just strolling. And it just, just the whole play just screams – we don't know what we're doing. And, and it reminded me of a fly ball to an outfielder. At a certain point, you realize you're not going to get there, which is fine. But go sprint to the wall. I mean, sprint as deep as you can and try to make up for it. I mean, sprint back there and try to hit somebody that's not your teammate. Uh, you're, you're, you're absolutely right. I mean, at a certain point, you see guys flying past you. It's obvious they're not running a little out route to get into field goal range. You just – you should be hauling ass to get to the goal line and at least try to hit somebody. I mean, at that point, you might as well get a flag instead of give up the touchdown. I mean, it's just absurd. You brought up a good point. What's worse, that Hail Mary play or two outfielders like looking at the ball together just for it to land in front of both of them? Both both are poor communication, which has been the, the story all season long. I mean, yeah, I don't know which one one's worse. I mean, at least a, a fly ball, you're not always scoring a, a, a run, but – you know, that's giving up a touchdown, but it's a communication. It's every week they say communication issues. We weren't prepared, which to me screams communication. Something wasn't communicated. Something wasn't watched or seen or whatever it is. And it's 
you know, we've used it too many times. I feel insane for saying it, but it's insanity. It's doing the same stuff over and over, expecting different results. And this team, I don't know, they just keep running their heads against the walls, thinking it's going to stop the other team. It doesn't work that way, and it's not going to work that way. Yeah, and, like, I was just thinking about, like, when I was doing notes for this show, what Ron said about, like, the two plays and, like, the defense. Jameis Winston isn't no like, yes, he's been known for, like, throwing big yards and stuff, but do you know, like, this season, there are two big wins, like, against the Packers. He had five touchdowns, but only, like, what, like, 160, 170 yards or something? Like, it wasn't big numbers. And then against the Patriots, he went 13 for 21, 128 yards and two touchdowns, and they win that game. Like, just saying, like, oh, well, if you look on paper, you know, without those two plays, he was 13 for 28, 158, two touchdowns and an interception. Like, maybe it looks good on paper, but, like, if you watch the game and you just see the big plays happen, like, even, even if you do take away the Hail Mary and whatever, like, who says they don't score on that drive? Like, the the big pass to Deontay Harris. Like who says they don't just chunk out yards that entire drive and still score at the end? Like then what's the excuse to me? Like just because it was a big play, it's like, oh well, we played good, but that one play got us. Yeah. Good defenses don't let 72 yard bombs come behind them, which was also Jameis Winston's biggest completion in his career. Well, and you, you see it, you, you you mentioned I just looked it up. Versus the Patriots, he goes 128 passing yards. So on those two big plays. He about matched it. 72 and what was it? 49. I mean, yep. one, I mean, that puts like 121, I think, my quick math there. So for the rest of the game, he had to get seven yards to 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 match what he did against the Patriots. You're right. It's absurd. He was it, it's been that way all year long. You know, Josh Allen didn't look right in weeks one and two, but week three, right back at it. And and you know, it makes me I mean, not nervous. It just kind of I feel like I know what I expect on Sunday. Patrick Mahomes has been struggling. Hasn't thrown this many interceptions. I think last week was the first time he lost by uh, more than one score or something like that. I, I mean, he's going to come out and throw five touchdowns and be just fine. It's not going to matter who's out there. Um, it, it, this defense is just so bad. They're, they're a get-right game for everybody. And uh, I don't know when it's going to stop or what it's going to take, but they better figure it out. Yeah, um, and soon. And it's funny because like you see people like throwing out like suggestions and stuff like that. I had a, a bunch too, like, I don't know, like, who knows? Maybe it won't work. And people were saying, like, by the way, like, oh, Landon Collins needs to go to linebacker. Here's an interesting stat that not a lot of people know. Do you know that Landon Collins was used 60% of snaps at linebacker against the Saints? That's a I, lot. I, I saw, yeah, I saw that. And I was like, that's like, absurd. Why? That's why more than Jamin Davis. That? Yeah, why would you want that guy at linebacker? Like, there's no fix there. But what's even better is he was used more as a free safety than a strong safety. 27% and some change compared to 19% where he needs to be a strong safety. Like crowding the line of scrimmage, blitzing on the edge. Like that's the only place I trust Landon Collins now is at the line of scrimmage blitzing, like in the run stop game time to time, but nowhere in coverage. Like maybe a linebacker covering a tight end, but like, there's no reason for him to be a free safety covering the deep ball like we're, at all. We're making a lot of like different sports analogies, but it's just because it's so simple. It's like putting, you know, your five, your six, one point guard on Shaq or, uh, or Yao Ming and expecting them to do well. Like it just doesn't work that way. They might be an okay point guard, but they're never going to succeed. And for whatever reason, Landon Collins is always in the wrong spot. And it, it, 
it, to me, it, it screams coaching. I don't know about you. I mean, maybe he finds himself in the wrong spot, but if he's, if it's happening every single time that he's put in the worst spot possible, it makes me think that he's being instructed to go there. And how is that continuing to happen? How, how is, I mean, we just, we said we're not experts, but how, how is every fan seeing this, but the defensive uh, mind of Jack Del Rio and Ron Rivera, both linebackers can't see the the mismatch every single not week, not every, not every single game, but every single play. Yeah, and and I agree with you. And it's interesting. As soon as you brought up basketball, to me, Landon Collins is like the big safety. I mean, uh, the big center that can only like dunk the basketball. Right. Like he's not gonna pull up from three. He's not like that. Like new age. Right like, next Nikola to the basket. Jokic. That's it. Yeah. Like feed him underneath, and he's just gonna get the ugly plays, like blitz, maybe tackle the line of scrimmage, just basic stuff get a couple rebounds, you know, he's a 10, eight guy. He's 10 points, eight rebounds right, a game kind of right. guy, like nothing pretty. He's not going to be shooting threes. He's not going to be throwing out assists. He's, uh, he, like he has a Ben Simmons shot chart. They're all like right outside of the rim and that's it. You don't see him take farther than six, six foot shot. Yeah. And when he should pass it, he just hesitates. And <laughs> that was terrible. Um, so this is what I said. I think needs to happen. And I said Washington needs to play more base D because I haven't seen any of it, which does take three linebackers, which people are like, oh, well, we just lost, um, you know, Bostic. Like, we're down linebackers now. But do you know that Washington has not played their base defense since week three, by the way? They've used sub-package more than anything. And that's what Ron said is the reason why Jamin Davis isn't getting snaps. Well, it's scheme. Well, it's matchups. You know, Jamie Davis doesn't fit on those sub packages we're doing. Like, Landon Collins is playing the linebacker role for Jamie Davis. Like, why? Cole Holcomb plays all the time. Like, Jamin Davis needs to be playing the same amount as Cole Holcomb. Like, you want those two guys on the same page, right? Yeah, absolutely. And it's it's pretty simply put that that shows that Washington is allowing the offense to dictate what they're doing instead of their defense putting their foot down at any point. You know, you keep switching out of packages to try and match up with the offense. Why don't you make the offense match up with you and block your guys? I mean, it just sounds like they're just so passive and they're just so uh, – it's just so vanilla and, and not good, and you're right. I mean, sometimes it's just simple enough to play your base D and, and get your best guys out there, and it just seems like they're not doing that at any level uh, on the defensive side of the ball. You want to know the best part about this is with the sub package galore that we've had, five DBs have been used on 89% of snaps. And we are still getting burned in the secondary. Beat. You literally have as many DBs almost as possible without playing like three safeties, like three corners in a in a snap. And it's it's still not working. So, like, what kind of solution is like to me, it's just Guys aren't where they need to be. You're trying to get too cute with things. Like you're talking about miscommunications and all this. You see Landon Collins before the play, like they're all talking. They're like, what's going on before that long touchdown pass to Deontay Harris. But yet you want to do some packages. You want to, you know, mix things up. You want to rotate guys in and out and stuff like that. For me, I said that St. Juice needs to play full time on the outside. I don't think Kendall Fuller can handle that. He needs to go back to free safety like he did a lot at Kansas City. And he actually played really well there. I think he's a slot nickel corner or a free safety kind of guy. I don't think he can handle that cushion he's given these wide receivers. Right. I mean, it's like a, it's like a, it's free ten yards every single play. 
Um, so I want to see him go back to free safety. Now, when we do play nickel, I think Kendall should move up to that slot role and then bring in a guy like Reeves, who we haven't seen yet, or Forrest is coming back hopefully in the next week or two. Put him back there at free safety, not Landon Collins because he can't cover and he's shown that. Um, you know, what, so you know like, what I like about this is that it's it's actual change. Like, I mean, what do you have to lose? You yeah. can't get any worse. No, we're I mean, second second last in the league in points and passing yards allowed. It's like, and you're playing you're playing thirty two, so it's not like you can get much worse. And you're gonna see the worst out there. I mean, you might as well try something, throw something different at them. At least confuse them for one play because throwing out what they're doing, same thing every time is not going to work. So I, I like it. I like the idea to switch something up, give them a look that they haven't seen because every look that they have seen has been absolutely terrible. Yeah. And I said, uh, Cam Curl needs to start at strong safety. Like I'm okay with Landon Collins having the same amount of snaps as Jamie Davis, which was 13, by the way. Yeah. Rotate in and be a rotational player. I, I mean, that's, you're hurting the team when you're out there. He was out there, I think, for every snap, which is absurd. Yeah. I don't mind him being, like, near the line of scrimmage, showing blitz, maybe backing up and, like, playing the line like a contain or, like like I said, covering tight end, something like that. But I do not want him 20, 30 yards, you know, away from the line of scrimmage. Like, I want him as close to it as possible so he doesn't have to cover so much ground. Like, we saw him blitz really well, like, the last few seasons – had like a strip sack uh, last year. I forgot who it was. The game he got hurt. A, yeah, I think it was the Cowboys. Yeah. Yeah. So like, like, feed his strengths. Don't say, okay, Lana, we see what you're really good at, but we're going to put you as far away from that as possible. And right. just, you know, that you're going to give up one big play every game, but it's okay. It's just one big play that they scored a touchdown on religiously. But 2021 defensive stats for Washington football team scoring 31st point differential, 25th yardage differential, 26 opposing QBR. We are 28th in the league. And like I said, Pat Mahomes is coming passing yards, 28th in the league sack percent, 27th third down conversion, 31st. I don't know who's 32nd, but they, they must suck. Cause our third down defense is terrible. It's a little bit better against the saints. I think they're like four for 11 or something like that. So I guarantee you we were last until this game. Um, and then past touchdown percentage, we are 31st in the league. So, like, bottom six in every single possible category and bottom three in most of them. So, like, to me, like, and Ron said he's not making any changes, whether it's schemes, whether it's players, coordinators. Like, I'm not saying fire Del Rio, but I'm just saying, like, try something different. Say this isn't working. Let's let's be creative. Let's think outside the box. And maybe being creative is just going back to basics. Right. Going back to that base defense. I don't care if – Klee Cutson had three snaps on Sunday. If – you have to put Jamin Davis at middle linebacker and him at will to be in the base defense. So be it like at least try it because yeah. you're not doing it. 11% of snaps in the entire season have been base defense. And for me, that's just not good enough. And, and I don't, I don't understand how you can give up four touchdowns to Jameis Winston. I mean, you did force two turnovers Your first turnovers you forced since what week one, I believe. Yeah. And then the week before, you give up four touchdowns to Matt Ryan, five total touchdowns to Josh Allen, but you're not going to change anything. I mean, how does that how does that make sense? And how does that not stop people from, uh, you know, attacking you over and over and over again? Like, I, I would be shocked if Patrick Mahomes doesn't have at least three touchdowns. And I really, like, I'm not the gambler out of the two of us, but I really would bet the over. I would say at least four pushing five. Like, I, I, how, do, how can you not expect that? 
Yeah, even if Tyreek Hill wasn't playing, I right? It's gonna be McCole Hardman. It's gonna be Pringles, Pringles whatever. I mean, whatever is. it is, it doesn't matter. Kelsey, he'll eat three by himself easily. Um, but no, I agree with you. And shout out to Jonathan Allen, by the way, who calls that one interception. He pushed the guard back yeah. and he stepped on Jameis Winston's foot because I was I, like, "Holy crap, that was a bad pass!" But then I yeah, saw why. And rightly, we're, we're talking about the linebackers in, in the secondary. I think the defensive line finally started to get some push. So it's not all totally, totally negative. That's an encouraging sign. But, you know, you can you can get a push all you want if a receiver's open. A quarterback can find a guy, even with a guy in his face, which, you know, is all Jameis Winston had to do. He just had to find the open guy, even if he only had a couple of seconds. So it's that back end. It's that back, uh, you know, seven, the back, you know, eight, nine, when they have five out there. I mean, whatever it is, it's that back half is just so yeah. bad. And, um, you know, it, it won't matter if Chase Young and John Allen are finally getting pressure because the guys back there can't cover. And it's not like a, it's not like they're, they're having to cover for too long. They're just not good at doing their, their, their basic job right now. And yeah. you got to think that, you know, it's going to kind of revert back to the mean, like you can't be this bad all season long, but I mean, we're five games in and it hasn't changed and it's been really bad all season long. What's to say the next 12 games aren't going to be like that too? Yeah, but it's all right. Kendall Fuller said this is we were this bad last year too. Yeah, yeah. Let me get that quote because I, I about fell out of my chair. Uh, like you have it, a whole year and you still suck? Yeah, I mean. <laughs> it makes it look worse. Guys, it's okay. Three years ago, we were exactly this bad. So where's yeah. the progress? So if you compare the defense from the start of last year to the start of this year, it's not that far off. Okay, so uh, I got in a car accident last year, but compared to to, to the accident this year, it's not that bad. Yeah. Your, your car is still wrecked. You're, it's still totaled. <laughs> you still got to do yeah. something different on the way to work. Um, but and like the thing is, at the end of last season, like, did we even play like good offenses? Like Big Ben? And the Steelers. I mean, Maybe I was a banged up 49ers team with Nick Mullins. I was trying to give this team the benefit of the doubt. Like, oh no, it won't matter who they play. This defense is legit. Uh, I mean, I've read it all over that some people were thinking this could be a Super Bowl caliber defense. You know, the offensive issues aside, this defense was legit. No, not not the case. It absolutely to me right now, it absolutely was the fact that they played Ben DiNucci. They played uh Ryan Finley, oh, they DiNucci. played Andy Dalton, who's lost five steps. It's not just one step; it's five steps. You're right, Ben Roethlisberger. I mean, it's the fact and that Tom they Brady played... feasted us, and people. Yeah. That, it was funny because that game, everyone's like, "Oh, our defense was so bad. What happened? Like, why can't well, we get pressure? Like, where's Chase? Where's Montez? Like, the pressure was not getting to Tom Brady. Well, and it seems like the, that was our true defense. Go all the way back to the first four weeks. I mean, it was Kyler Murray cooking them in the second yeah, week. Lamar so Jackson did whatever he wanted to do against them. So they're. All these legit quarterbacks absolutely have Jack Del Rio's number and this defense's number. And until they shut down a legit guy that's not Daniel Jones and is not Matt Ryan, those are their two wins, although they didn't force a turnover on either of those guys. Until they shut down a legit quarterback, I'm going to think that this defense is absolutely fraudulent. Yeah, I want to play that little clip of they are who we thought they were. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. They are who we thought they were. And we love like off the, the hooks. Hook. I'm off the hook. I, was, I remember watching that like live as I mean, I was not as a kid, but I was in like what high school, middle school. I don't know. That was like one of the best like clips of a head coach after a game of all time. That meltdown. Um, but anyways, I think we should look a little bit at the offense too. Um, because we, I, I don't know. I, I, I made my stance last week on Taylor Heineke. 
and I know you'll disagree with me. I want to hear your stance now. Has it changed after what you saw? Yes, the Saints are a great defense, but still the plays were there and they didn't happen. Like, how does Terry McLaurin get targeted 11 times and only has four catches? This is the guy who leads the NFL in contested catches, by the way, in yards, catches, and touchdowns. So to me, I put that on the quarterback. And after I rewatched the tape, first off, the two god awful interceptions. The one in the corner of the end zone to Curtis Samuel, who's not 6'11, by the way. He's one of the shorter wide receivers we have on the team. And you don't even try to fade it to him. You just kind of hope that he mosses the DB. Not a good idea for a guy to come off a groin injury, by the way. And then on the one on the left side, where he stares down the DB literally for about three seconds. And then you can tell, like, he's hesitant and he's like, ah, I'm just going to throw it in our own territory at a worse spot in the game, time wise, field wise, everything. Looks him down, throws it. And then afterwards, he's like, Yep, shouldn't have done that. And I said last week, I did not like his decision making. I think he's late on a lot of passes. I think he throws high on a lot of passes. But then I also don't think he has the arm strength to like get it there when he needs to. Like Terry's open. He gets that split second of being open. And then the ball gets there like three seconds after that. And then it's broken up. It's intercepted. So I want I want to hear your stance on it because I gave my stance last week. As you know, I got a lot of hate on it. Um, and But like I said, if we win games, like cool. But I just don't see Taylor as the answer at quarterback. And I think he showed that a lot more against the Saints. I'm not. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna disagree with you. He had a, a terrible game. I mean, you 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 hit the nail on the head. You can't throw an interception at the goal line to 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 not get a touchdown, but to not get any points. And then I, I think if I remember correctly, they were only what down a, a score, and he he forced it from his own five, like deep in his own end zone. Um, yeah, those are two awful interceptions. He had a really bad game. Um, yeah, and he missed a lot of open opportunities, and and it was brutal, and it it, it didn't get the job done. Um, I'm not ready to to burn the guy at the stake, though. I mean, still, I know that he's not young, right? He's 28, which is not necessarily young. I mean, there are younger quarterbacks that are lighting it up. But at the same time, this is only his sixth. What this will be his seventh start this coming Sunday. So uh, you know. This is sometimes what a guy looks like his first six or seven starts. I know it's different. And I know he's been out of the league, and I know that those are a lot of the reasons that he has been. Um, but yeah, this Sunday w- was not good. Uh, I, I don't. I don't know that I think that he is the quarterback of the future, but I think he gives you the best shot right now. I think that he part of, and we've said it all all along. Part of what makes you know him exciting to watch has also been his downfall. He forces it a little bit. He makes some throws that are kind of iffy and. He trusts his guys to go get it. It didn't get the job done on 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 Sunday, and it 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 you can't play that way. You got to be smarter with the ball. Um, I don't know that he's the the future of this franchise. I don't know that I ever thought that. I, I don't think I'd put my money on that right now. But I I I don't think they have two wins without him. I'll say that. I don't think Kyle Allen w- would have done that against the Giants or the the Falcons. Um, could Ryan and Fitzpatrick have done that? Maybe, probably, who knows? We don't know because he got injured. So this is just where we're at. I think that he's going to give you some chances to be in games, but he's proven that against some good defenses. And like you said, New Orleans is a really good defense. Marshawn Lattimore proved why he was, uh, you know, legit defensive rookie of the year and has been a, a good corner. Um, he's a top three, top four corner. Yeah, absolutely. But, uh, you know, I just, I'm not ready to, to write, 
Taylor Heineke off. I also like, and I'm not making excuses. He can't make those throws. Those were awful. But also when your defense is just giving up bombs left and right, you got to try to throw a bomb yourself. And sometimes it's not going to go well. And that's not an excuse to throw a bad ball. You got to make smart decisions, even when you're down, even when you're trailing. But um, I, I just, I'm not ready to, to phone it in on him or, you know, write the season off or write him off because he's proven that he can do it here and there. And I, I'd like to see him, you know, get a full slate of games, you know, uh, if that's until Fitzpatrick comes back, whatever, however many, many games it is, let's see what he does from here on out. Um, but I'm with you. It, Sunday was inexcusable. It was really, really bad. Um, but I think he's shown some good moments that kind of say, hey, if you're doing the right thing, you might have a chance. And it's, you know, we knew he didn't have the strongest arm. He's a shorter guy. He's not Russ, Russell Wilson, who has the arm strength to make up for it. But uh, he can make some plays. And I think that he's going to make some more positive plays. And I think he's going to start to limit the mistake. So um, I just want to see what, what happens here. I'm not ready to write him off after his sixth career start. I just I can't do it. I wouldn't do that for anybody. Uh, you know, I, I, I don't envy the guy being thrown into the situation that he's been in. At the same time, you're a quarterback and you're expected to make plays and make smart plays and take care of the ball. So you got to do that. So if this continues, then let's have a conversation a, a week or two. But this Chiefs defense should be right for the picking. He should have the chance to take advantage of some of it. If he doesn't do it here, then let's start talking. If he has another couple of bad interceptions, then we can start talking about, OK, maybe this isn't the, the real deal. Yeah, and I was actually listening to a lot of like fantasy football shows today, and a lot of them said like pick up Taylor Heineke yeah. just because the Chiefs defense is so bad, and he gives you that extra cushion of his run game, right. and he he can score on his feet. You know that's an extra points you can get there if he doesn't turn the ball over, which Kansas City doesn't get turnovers. By the way, we'll talk about that. Um, and so I, just going back, like you know, he's on this team because Dwayne Haskins fizzled out, right? And even Dwayne Haskins, had it not been for the off the field stuff and in the middle of COVID when your, your coach is fighting cancer and you've got you know you're doing all that stuff off the field, I probably wouldn't have been ready to write Dwayne Haskins off either. I mean, you got to give a, a young quarterback the chance to to do it. And I know Dwayne Haskins was bad, and I know you know they're they're two totally separate things, but. I just don't think you can write the book on a guy, you know, six games in or even like 10 games in. If you're really going to give him the chance, give him the chance. If you're going to pull it, pull it now. Um, but you got to give the guy guy a chance. And that's why I'm not going to be like, well, yeah, young quarterbacks, you know, young, inexperienced quarterbacks are going to have bad games. And um, so let's just let's just see where he goes from, from here. I just want to make that point. Like Dwayne Haskins. Had it not been for the off the field stuff, I would have been okay with giving him the rest yeah. of the season. But you know, the uh, off the field stuff pushed that over the edge. Um, All of the off the field stuff. Right. It was yeah. just one so, thing. It was like six strikes. Right. But no, I agree with you. And the thing is, like, it's not fair to. And this is this is what I tell myself. It's not fair to you know grade and evaluate Heineke like he was a first round draft pick with all this upside. Like you know, call a cow a cow. Like it is what it is. Like mm -hmm. he is was you know in the xfl backup quarterback he's not like some you know first round draft pick kind of guy like we know his story mm -hmm. so i can't sit here and be like oh well, i expect you know trevor lawrence to come out there and yes it'll take time and he needs more than six games like i know exactly like i feel like this is his ceiling i feel like we've seen the best of him sure i think i think it's fair enough to say i know people are gonna like give him like a whole nother season i don't want like a whole nother season like beyond this year of taylor heineke but Last thing I want to say about quarterbacks is 
this is something I put out on Twitter, and a lot of people agree with me. A lot of people didn't. But that quote that Ron said about starting two and three, of course, on Junk's radio, he has like their weekly appearance, which I'm sure he regrets deeply already. Um, this is just part of the quote. There's more to it. But he said, you almost want to say, I wish seven and nine last year wouldn't have been good enough to win the division. That way, the expectations would have been much lower and a little bit easier. This is hard. And he kind of put at the end of that, like, this is hard. This is the way it's supposed to be. It's supposed to be hard because that's the only way you learn. And I like, I'm not saying like that part bothered me, but what like really killed me with that was he mentioned like, you know, we still have so many young guys in this team. Like this is the second year of chase young, like rookies play a lot, like not Mm -hmm. even just like Cosme and you know, Jamie Davis should be playing a lot, but like still like Terry's young. Like he said, there's a lot of immaturity things like we're working through. There's still a lot of young guys. And like, I legit sat there and I said like, wait, so you're telling me our expectations shouldn't be like, we're not in win now mode. We are in like building towards the future, Ron Rivera, like, you know, rebranding, you know, not just the name, but the identity of the team, like the roster. Yes. We won the, the, you know, NFC East last year record wasn't good. Like we are rebuilding. We're growing together. So why do you sign a one year veteran quarterback? that like just screams, Hey, we're in win now mode. We tried to get Stafford in January, January 31st. It didn't work. So this was plan B for us to win now. Like, right. If like to me, if, if we're growing, we're aiming for the future, we're learning together. We're growing as like this young core. Why do you not go get your quarterback last season? Like, why don't you get fields, like trade up, get Mac Jones, either of them. I hear you, but at the same time, you also got to have somebody. It's not just like, oh, let me go get whatever quarterback I want, right? It's not like Madden where you can, you know, force a trade through. And they're, you know, it sounds like they they did want to go all in in Stafford, and maybe the goals change if you have missed. a guy like Stafford. They missed right in that, January. That, that, that's 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 fine though, but like you can't. You might have to readjust your goals if you have Stafford in mind. You might have to readjust your goals. But let me ask you, like, I, I get what you're saying, but is Justin Fields going to make this team four and one as opposed to two and three? Like, I don't think a, a rookie quarterback right now is the answer. But I would much rather be two and three with a Justin Fields of the future than a two and three with a Taylor Heineke or a Ryan Fitzpatrick. Because I, we have something to work towards. After this season, we're like, well, Fitzpatrick's gone. Who's our quarterback now? But but I hear, but like a Matt, a Matthew Stafford can can make up for a lot of the deficiencies. Whereas oh, maybe yeah. when you don't get Matthew Stafford, you realize, okay, we're a lot of these holes are going to be exposed. We need to pivot a little bit, and that's why you get a Ryan Fitzpatrick as you continue to build around it. I think that you know he's not going to ever share what the plans were. I'm sure they have a plan A, B, C, you know, oh, detailed yeah. plan. They want to. I think that I think that the the plans change when certain things fell through, and and that's okay. But I I mean I don't know. I I just I don't know that you trade up to go get a rookie quarterback, and then you have all these holes all over, and then you're going into year two, year three of whatever this rookie quarterback is, and then all of a sudden you have a hole on whatever wherever the hole becomes. Like I just I don't know. I think that Matthew Stafford was this this ultimate goal, and he's one of those quarterbacks that can cover up a lot. But when that doesn't happen, you have to pivot a little bit. And maybe it made him realize, you know what, we're not in a win now mode. Maybe it moved, maybe and it sounds crazy. Maybe the, the goal moved from January to July or January to April, whatever it is. I, I just 
I don't know. It, it sounds so easy to go get your quarterback, but you need a, a trade partner. You need the guy to want to come there. You know, if it's a free agent, you need the, the team ahead of you in the draft to want to trade to you. I mean, there's a lot of factors into it where it's just, there's a little bit more to me than to just go get your quarterback. I agree. There's a lot of things in that you just said, you know, trade partners, the the people that moved around the first round were in, in division guys, you know, right. uh, Eagles, Cowboys, so on, whatever Eagles moving with the, the dolphins, you know, draft day, there was trades going around from Michael Parsons. So on, I agree with you on that. I'll say last year was hands down the best quarterback class we've had in a long time. So if you can't find a guy in that class, like we need, we need different scouts. Sure. I feel like you should be able to find something there. And I agree with you. January 31st, we did go after Matt Stafford. Didn't work out. First off, he didn't want to be here. Second off, we couldn't match what the Rams were going to offer. Completely understand. First off, I'd rather go out in LA with McVay. Anyways, regardless of what they, you know, trade offer. If you're Matt Stafford, you don't care what the trade offer was. You don't want to come to Washington. Um, I mean, like, but like for me, I feel like Fitzpatrick as the answer and Stafford as the answer can be like the same. Like, if we get Stafford, like we're in win now mode. Like that screams, we're going for the Super Bowl, like, right? Well, yeah. Well, and, and, and who's to say that, you know, 10 minutes into the second quarter or whatever, week one, when Fitzpatrick goes down, that the, the goal then doesn't shift a little bit, that it makes you realize, you know what, we had this veteran quarterback who could, you know, Fitzpatrick, okay, sure, is a, is a lesser version of Stafford's been around, has, has won a couple of games, knows what it takes to be successful, to stay in the league. Maybe things pivot there too. And then all of a sudden you do have Taylor Heineke, which you're not expecting Taylor Heineke to, to touch the field all season long if things go the way you're expecting. I just think things can pivot. And then maybe Ron is is trying to be transparent, but maybe it's kind of doing himself and the team a disservice. Like I appreciate the transparency. I think he's saying yes, there I think are growing pains. Okay. Well, I, so I, I would I, much rather them say, guys, we went after Fitzpatrick for one year because we won the NFC East and we feel like this team's good enough to do it again. But by God, he went down and our goals changed. Instead, he said, who said we're going to win the NFC again? Like, who said we're trying to win now? Like, we are growing. Like, we have immaturity issues. You have the oldest quarterback in the NFL. I hear you. I hear you. So, like, I just – I would much rather him been like, look, guys, this is what we tried. No one knew Ryan Fitzpatrick was going to go down. The most durable, durable quarterback in NFL history goes down first game on his new team. I would much rather him said – because you have Terry McLaurin, you're trying to lock in. That's the first move next season. You have four guys in the D-line who you're trying to keep together. Not everyone's going to be able to get paid. So you have this window of like two or three years. And it and we know it takes one, one solid year. I mean, look at Josh Allen. It took him two years to become this MVP caliber. First two seasons, everyone's like, gosh, this guy sucks. It took this growing pains. You wasted one year of this D-line, Terry McLaurin, all these other guys you have here on a Ryan Fitzpatrick turning Whoa. into a Taylor Heineke season. I'm just saying I would much rather have been like, Guys, yes, we were in win now mode. But, but, no doubt, yeah. we're in win now mode. No, we I think hate... we were favorites to win the NFC East. Like we were getting hyped up all all off season. We wanted to win the NFC East, and there's a, a wrench thrown in the plans. And now we're trying to adjust to it. Absolutely, that, absolutely. I, I think I think it's a little bit of coach speak because I mean, Bill Belichick's not going to say, "Oh, our first plan was to get Tom Brady back." Like we want Tom Brady to be here right now. He, he of course, is going to say. Well, Cam Newton was our choice all along. You know, you know, the coaches say that kind of thing. So I, I totally get where you're coming from. And I, that's what I mean. Like, he's, he's trying to be transparent. And maybe he is kind of fudging the truth and kind of shifting it to where they are right now. But I think he's kind of doing himself a disservice. I'm, I'm with you. I, I'd rather – I'd almost rather he just don't say anything. Cancel your, your weekly appearances. 
and go figure out what the issue is. Like, don't yeah, say anything, be about it. Um, but it, it, it's got to be, you know, I don't feel bad for NFL coaches. I mean, that's a dream job for a lot of guys, but it's got to be tough when it seems like, you know, plan A falls through, plan B looks to be pretty solid, and then plan B breaks his hip. I mean, you know, yeah. that's not an enviable place to be, but you're right. You got to, you got to figure it out. And, you know, there are plenty of uh, instances where guys have uh, overcome that and gone on to to be successful. So he's got to he's got to figure it out. And, uh, you know, it'll be interesting to see. I, I still believe in Ron. I think he's a good coach. Oh, yeah. I've I seen love, a lot of I love fans Ron. turn on him already. But, uh, you, you know, you got to get you got to let it breathe a little bit. Yeah. You know, this is a this is a tough thing to do. I agree, but like that just rubbed me the wrong way. Like going back to the season of wanting that franchise quarterback finally, and like we're still in that same boat. But I'll say real quick before we talk about the Chiefs briefly, Bill Belichick probably didn't expect Tom to leave. That was a huge wrench. All of us were like, "What? Tom Brady leaving to the Tampa Bay? He had to go one year of Cam Newton, which is okay. Former, you know, MVP, good little stopgap guy. But shirted off that next season, he got his new Tom Brady with Mac Jones. He had the most active free agency in the NFL, by the way building that team up because he didn't want to say like, oh, we're going to rebuild. He wanted to just keep hitting the ground running. That's why he's one of the best coaches of all time. So so to me, that no more excuses. In February, you better have a plan to figure it out and you better move heaven and earth. I'm with you this time next year if he hasn't done that and we're with a journeyman quarterback or a, a Kyle Allen as our opening day starter, that's when I'll get frustrated. Yep. But next year, there's no no question. Exactly. I'm right with you. And if you're against Ryan stuff already, that's just nuts. If you, if you made it this far – and been through everything as a Washington fan, and this is what's setting you over like against Ron, then like take a look. Take a look in the mirror, pal. Yeah. Anyways, let's talk about the Chiefs the last like 10 minutes of the show. Um, because their defense is worse than us, which is kind of a green light. I mean, um, did you see Tyron Matthew getting so mad at Sorensen? It felt like I was watching a, Washington. I mean, you know, at least Matthew is 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 good and he's a baller, but just seeing a safety kind of just like gaping at a guy wide open, I felt like I was yeah. watching Washington. Yeah. So like Sorensen, I can't wait. Like I, I agree with all the fantasy guys. I think that first off, Terry McLaurin is a great choice this week. I think Antonio Gibson, depending on how, how healthy he is. I'm, we said that last week and he got like 20 carries. So re- recap, remind me, I want to see how many fantasy points you could have put up if you started only Washington and Kansas city players. I think you could go well over 150. You know how they do if, the if, best team of the week? I guarantee you. At least, like Ricky Seals Jones might have a touchdown and be a, a top, you know, ten tight end. That's the way this game could potentially. Eighty yards, go. two tutties. <laughs> Ricky Seals Jones, and he looked pretty good against the Saints. By the way, like I'm, I thought he stepped up pretty good. One handed grab on fourth and yeah. whatever it was. Sheesh, it looked good. <laughs> um, but yeah, Terry. Um, <laughs> speaking of um, our little vet journeyman slot receiver, Humphreys. Humphreys blew up had like three catches for like 60 something yards, seven yards, which is unheard of. Um, so he might be another little low key option because they can't cover nothing underneath either. Um, but for the Kansas city chiefs, looking at the injury report, Tyree kill didn't practice because of his quad. Of course, Clyde Edwards, Hilaire, who they drafted in the first round for whatever reason is on IR. He's out. I don't know what their running back game is going to look like. They don't use it anyways. So like yeah. Pat Mahomes over, 30 passing attempts. I'm putting that in my same game parlay. I'm going to do over 35 just to add a little bit of juice to the stake. Um, Chris Jones, one of the better defensive tackles in the league. Wrist did not practice. And then Joe Thunning, don't drop that thump, thump, fractured hand. Guard for uh, Pat Mahomes. He might be running around a little bit if he doesn't play. So D-line, this is your game. 
offense, yeah. this, this is your game. And it's interesting because I look at the line, like I talked about, it's a little bit juicy. It's bounced from seven and a half to seven, to like six and a half. It's changing like every day. Do you it, it think that like, Washington can like score enough points to where you're like, okay, that's kind of reasonable just because their defense is that bad? I think they should be able to. I, I, you know, I see this going one of two ways. I think this somehow Washington keeps it close and, and loses a heartbreaker when they've been expected to be blown out all season long, or I just see the Chiefs having their way and somehow their defense gets right and it just it shuts down Washington. But I'd like to think that you know, it is a shootout and that that is the way Washington keeps it close. Maybe it's not like they're, they're neck and neck, but you know, they, they're, they're down by 10 for most of the game and they, you know, you know, hit a late touchdown or something or down by 14 and hit a late touchdown. So it's really confusing to me. I don't see how Kansas city doesn't dominate this game just based on how good their offense should be. I understand they're struggling, but with how bad, with how bad Washington's defense has been, with how good Kansas City's offense can be, like I don't understand how Washington keeps this within seven, but Vegas knows better than everybody. So it's very intriguing Somehow. to me how they think this is going to be a touchdown game. I have something wild for you. Did you know the most prolific offense in NFL history was the 2000 Rams who averaged seven exactly yards per play? I saw this stat. That's That's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> the Chiefs defense is so bad this year. They allow 7.1 yards per play. They're making every offense look like the best offense in NFL history time. is what you're saying. They're statistically having the worst defensive performance so far this season in NFL history. Which Hammer the over, I guess. That's what I'm saying, which was 56, by the way. Yeah, over 56. Absolutely. I would pound that. Um, no. So I thought that was nuts. The uh, last 13 quarters, the Chiefs offense has 11 turnovers. So defense, once again, get right. Their defense has zero turnovers the last 13 quarters. That makes me nervous. I feel like they're 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 right for a, a pick. Tyron Matthew here. three pick. <laughs> little hat trick. I, that's really like that's what I picture. Like all of a sudden, it's, this defense looks all world too. It, it would it'd be awful. So, like I said, but, like, can Washington actually score enough to to make this close? But then is it going to come down to, like, which quarterback can put a team on their back and win the game? Can Taylor do it against a terrible defense? I feel like, yes. Like, I feel like as harsh as I've been on Taylor Heineke, I feel like he could go against this Chiefs defense, ball out. People are going to hop back on the Heineke train. I'm not going to jump on yet. But I could see him a pylon dive in the fourth quarter to win this game. Like, I could see that. Well, you know, you're right, and this this defense is really bad. It's more up there with the Falcons, who who you know he was able to do that against. But if he's able to do that, let's just say in a dream world, he dives to the pylon, they win in the last minute. To go. But <laughs> it's it's going to look way better because it's the Chiefs, and the Chiefs could be zero and five. But with Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid, a win against them feels like you beat an undefeated team. So you're absolutely right. It's going to be absurd if they somehow pull this out i don't think that happens but you're, you're absolutely right it could change the narrative and it would be really nice to see you know to get back excited and see some excitement even if it might be short-lived and it might not be against a it, it might be deceptive let's say yeah and like you mentioned earlier pat mahomes 135 for 195 this season 1490 yards this season 1490 yards 16 touchdowns and six interceptions and seven sacks that's the most interceptions he's had at this point in the season in his career. 
so like for me, it's like, can the defense do enough? Like, obviously we know this is just going to be like a hot knife, just cutting through butter over and over and over. Like every offensive possession should be just touchdown, 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 field goal, touchdown. Like yeah. should, there's a lot of points this game, but can Washington's defense do enough to get an extra possession to score? Can they get that turnover? Can they strip sack like Mahomes or is Mahomes going to do what he does in the Super Bowl? Make like, is he going to make upside down and like throw it to like Kelsey who catches it with his like feet? Like that just screams the chiefs against this kind of defense that we have. Yeah. So like for me, it's like, can Washington finally just like wake up? Cause if you're letting the saints and wide receiver three and wide receiver four kind of guys with Harris and uh, Callaway, by the way, like that wasn't Michael uh-huh. Thomas who cooked us. If you're letting them, do a hail mary and a seventy three yard touchdown. Lord knows, like I'm counting my blessings right now. What Kelsey and Tyree Kill can do against this defense? It's bad that you yeah, that you're already there with this defense five weeks in, but it, it's a, it's a pride thing. Like you just can't let a team, even if it is Patrick Mahomes, come in and do that to you. You got to stand your ground a little bit. And you're right. This is you can't get embarrassed right here. You got to at least go toe for toe. At least make a play or two. Patrick Mahomes throws five touchdowns against everybody, but can you, like you said, make one play? Can you make a game-changing play? Can Chase Young be the Chase Young from last year and who we kind of flashed last week? You're right. There's there's a chance here, and you got to hope that the pride shows up. And despite getting uh, beat by absolutely everybody, can you make a play that nobody expects? Yeah, I look at that Buffalo game close, like not only Buffalo playing Kansas City, and they did the same thing they did with us. Like they got interceptions on us. Like uh, Micah Hyde and uh, uh, Pryor, I think it was, um, one of their safeties for Buffalo, intercept Mahomes, like just got him un- super uncomfortable. It's exactly what they did against us. Like the Chiefs moved the ball. They like scored enough points, but it just wasn't enough to recover from those turnovers. So I like, I feel like the Chiefs and us played Buffalo pretty, pretty similar. Difference Good is point. they played at Kansas City and we had to play at Buffalo. So I, I feel like it, it just had that same kind of vibe to it. And it's funny because, like, we get hyped up. Like, we're like, oh, this defense. Like, you know, as a player, you see Josh Allen. You see Pat Mahomes. You're like, oh, I can't wait to play these guys. But those quarterbacks do not care. Josh Allen had the most swagger I've ever seen on the football field against us. He did not care. There was zero intimidation against us. Yeah, He did exactly what he wanted to do. That's like thinking, you know, of course you want to get right, but like forgetting that they're sitting there practicing all week as well, wanting to, to change things too. They're two and three that, you know, they're, they're coming off a Super Bowl. Uh, they're coming off the last two Super Bowls. They're two and three. You got to think that they're angry too, and you got to be ready for that. It doesn't matter how you feel. Oh, I want to go hit the, the best quarterback in the league. He, yeah, you're right. He doesn't care, and um, he's going to make you pay if that's all you're, you're aiming for. Uh, it's just a hidden, you know, you gotta, you gotta make it be worthwhile. It reminds me of that video, you know, that little slot uh, football player. He's like on defense. He's like clapping his hands and then he's like doing like this. Yeah. There's like a big receiver in front of him. He just, just run runs over. him over. Yeah. Like that's our defense. Our defense is like hyped up. Like, let's go. We're playing this juggernaut of a quarterback. We've got this. And then boom, just get punched in the mouth and you can't recover. Um, and I'll say this, Tyron Matthew, this might get a lot of hate, but Tyron Matthew is more of a dog and better than any defender we have on our team. Tyron Matthew is one of the top defensive he's, guys in the league. They call him uh, Honey Badger for a reason. Like that dude uh, is just straight up savage. And he does it from wherever. He 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 he'll blitz, he'll he'll play coverage, he'll chase you down. He does it all over the place. Yeah, he's absolutely uh he's scary. Landon Collins is the Dollar General version of Tyron Matthew. Dollar General. He's like the 
Dollar General's too generous to. Tire Matthews like sorry. the Dolce of a bag, you know, comparison yeah. to we have like a plastic food line bag and we've got yeah. Gucci bag you know, that we rinsed out and reused. Yeah, it's, it just makes me sick. We've got like the Wegmans recycle bag, <laughs> Landon Collins. So we like, got a I Ziploc just, bag, rinsed it out and reused it, even though it says not to do that. Like people, when they got the gas, they just put it in all the shopping bags. That's pretty much what we're doing with our defense. Um, but like to me, like it just these games come down to those guys who can make plays. Yes, we know what the D-line can do. Is it enough? I, we saw what Pat Mahomes did on the run. So I, I just – I think stylistic-wise, Tyron Matthews is a guy who can pick off Taylor Heineke, who can do, like I said, coverage, stop the run, like do many things. Yeah, there's some liabilities on both sides, but for me it's just which defense gives their team the opportunity to win the game. Because like we said, it's going to be a point galore, so it's going to come down to defense, turnovers, field position, and time of possession, like honestly. This is just like playing Madden on rookie mode for like both guys. We're just yeah. going back and forth, just scoring, scoring, scoring. So I want to ask you, we'll, we'll get some Monday headlines real quick, but who do you think on both sides of the ball is like the difference maker? Like, obviously we could say Pat Mahomes, Taylor Heineke, but like after you watch this game, there's always like that one, that one play that someone made, whether it's Callaway, whether it's Deontay Harris, that big play, who could be that guy for Washington? So an unsung guy or just anybody? Let's go, let's go off the radar. Okay, I think uh, for for Washington, you said I I, yeah. I think that I think it's one of those uh, receivers that that, w- that doesn't get talked about. We talk about Terry, we talk about what Curtis Samuel could bring, but I think it's like a Deami De- Brown making a big play when everybody's focusing on Terry or something, or you know if Deami Brown plays. But an Adam Humphreys, one of those other receivers that comes out and makes a a huge catch or scores a big touchdown. Um, you know, it kind of seems like you're, you're right. All the, all the big time players are going to be out there. They're going to be showing off and showing up, um, is, is another guy, role guy. We already mentioned Ricky Seals, Jones, somebody like that pass catcher makes a play, um, that could change this. I think JD McKissick has another big play this week. I just feel it in my bones for whatever reason I tweeted it. He has like the two biggest plays of the season that wheel route that got us in position to score um, at the end of the Giants game. And then obviously the touchdown against the Falcons, but it only had like two or three touches all last game for whatever reason. I think JD McKissick has another big play. Um, and then for the chiefs, you mentioned uh, Hardman. He's one of the fastest wide receivers in the league. That dude is a beast. If, if we're getting burned with Landon Collins, in the backfield with Deontay Harris, Michael Hardman's one of those guys. I remember watching him at Georgia down there in your neck of the woods. And that mm-hmm. dude was just all over the place, gave Alabama fits all the time. So let me ask you, what's your prediction? Monday headlines, what are we looking at? Uh, I think I think the Chiefs end up winning this game by uh, somewhere between 6 and 13. I think it's, you know, uh, you know, one of those games where Washington might make it a little bit closer at the end where they just needed one more play and they couldn't get it. Patrick Mahomes just scored one more time and they couldn't get a stop that kind of thing um and i think it's going to be frustrating because i think we're going to look back at that game as um winnable you know i think they're going to be it's going to come down to a few plays like we're talking about and it's going to be uh something that they look back on and be like man if we could have gotten one stop if we would have made that one stop on third and long or whatever it may be we could have you know shocked the world and really turned the momentum around so i it's not a it's not an encouraging uh you know, no loss is, is a good loss, and I don't think it's encouraging. I think it's more frustrating because of how close-ish you, you keep the game. So 
I think Washington uh, comes up on the short end and we're, you know, just kind of treading water, trying to tread water to get to that December division run. And it starts getting a little bit ugly. And um, yeah, it's just the, the way it is. I see this one Chiefs 38, Washington 24. Um, I just, I think Pat Mahomes is like you said, they're getting ridiculed. That Buffalo game was like that AFC championship game, like in midseason for them. They wanted that so bad. You know, they're mad now. They're expecting to win this game. Pat Mahomes knows what he's going to do against us. Same thing. If we're not making changes, Ron saying we are staying exactly the same on defense. No Oof. scheme changes, nothing. I'm going to expect the same. I'm going to expect over 30 points every single game. Saints put up 33. There's no way the Saints, I mean, the uh, Chiefs should put up, you know, less than 35. So I'll say 38. That's kind of conservative, honestly. Um, so 38-24, I, I just don't think this defense is ready for that kind of firepower, which sucks because, you know, this is one of the games that we were excited about, like this and the Bucks, like before the season, like, dang, like mm-hmm. I can't wait to see that matchup. Is this an upset game? Yeah. Yeah. And now we're just like, eh, it feels like we're going to leave upset. <laughs> that's yeah, no, that's no. the only that's the only kind of game. Um, but guys, appreciate it. We've been a little bit busy with schedules and everything, so we kind of missed out on the episode last week. But we're going to keep things rolling and hope, like we're hoping to win this game. Yeah, absolutely. Just got to be realistic as well, though. Yeah. And we're, we just completely skipped out on all the email stuff, the Dan Snyder stuff. Like, there's no reason to even talk about it. I was just it's talking all about, we hear on about. The field. Talk on the field. I would just love to talk about the football team on the field and not all the stuff around it. So, yeah, I'd like to keep it that way. So it's it's at least a distraction. You know, that's an off-season topic um, as long as it doesn't continue to blow up. Yeah, that's one thing I said. uh, Closing statement was, like, last year we were winning. Like, we knew. Like, we were all upset about Dan. Like, everything going on, changes in the organization. But – winning really does just cure all it's the distraction mm-hmm. away from all the the stuff that we as fans have to put up with and when you're losing it's just an extra weight that you have to carry we're losing yeah. we have all this stuff going on like the rebrand like everything so winning cures hopefully we get a win this one would be probably one of the biggest i can remember like all time if we beat the chiefs um just because of you know their profile the coach you know quarterback all that and then just the status of this team right now so we're looking forward to it. Hopefully, we have a good show up, recap. please. Yeah, and show, don't forget the team show up. Yes, and don't forget Brian. Get those fantasy numbers on the uh, That's recap right. show. Yeah. We'll, we'll do some comparisons. But guys, we appreciate it. Like I said, this one's presented by Bet Online. So check them out. And get in on that action. Bet that over. It's going to be 60, 70 range. So you've you've got to just hammer that over. And we will see y'all next week. Peace. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.